next week, actually, I'm going to be speaking out of Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, if you've ever read through the book of Proverbs, you know that the whole book is just so loaded and so good with uh, like wisdom and, and knowledge and instruction of the Lord. And uh, so I, I felt the Lord impress upon me Proverbs chapter 3, but honestly, as I'm reading like the different chapters, I'm like, oh, this is good too. <laughs> oh, this is so good too. But we are going to stay in, in chapter 3 this Sunday and next, and uh, this Sunday we're going to just do the verse 12 verses, and then we're going to finish it off next week. So this is an entire book of the Bible that's given to the impartation of godly wisdom. Proverbs is practical. It focuses on living in such a way that you can bring glory to God and blessing to our lives. This cannot be done, as you read, apart from wisdom. It's the whole essence of the book of Proverbs. Wisdom being based solely on the fear or the awe of the Lord and living our lives in, in reverence for him. And this sets us on a path of true life built upon a foundation that is lasting. So messages like today is like the lean protein and the green vegetables of our meal plan with the Lord. Okay. Okay. Messages on breakthrough, miracles, signs and wonders, you know, coming out of the wilderness, you know, all, all of these things. Those are the treat meals. Those are the treat meals. And treat meals are awesome. They're important and they give us that oomph to go forward in, in, in our life with God and have faith and believe for all kinds of things. But the lean protein and the green vegetables gain in us a foundation and it's a place to build upon a way to grow up and grow strong in the Lord. Okay, because we can't, we cannot live a successful Christian life just on treat meals. Uh, we will feel good one moment, but when the moment passes and that breakthrough, that one is over, or or that provision is spent, or that healing we forgot about, uh, we're back in the same place of doubt and fear and uncertainty. But, but when you have built up on something that is lasting, then you have the endurance to continue to go through, okay? So it, it, it's, it's like if you just only live on treat meals, well, when something goes wrong and you've forgotten about all the things, the good things God did, um, it's like the SOS goes out, you know? Like you're like, you know, you're sending a message to the prayer chain. Guys, my dog looked at me funny. He never does that. <laughs> Please pray. Now, I'm, I'm all about praying for animals. In fact, you can pray for my, my animal, my little peaches. She was in the emergency this week, and uh, it was like a whole thing, and we didn't think she was going to make it. And by the grace of God, she's still with us. So uh, that is good. So I'm all about that. We love our animals. I'm just saying that sometimes if we don't have a foundation built upon godly wisdom, we never really grow up in the Lord. We're like, guys, my kids slept in and they never sleep in. Please pray. <laughs> like, is something wrong? Are they saying, you know, like we, we need, you know, I got a flat tire. The devil is out to get me. No, he just got a flat tire. 
We should move along in our maturity enough in the Lord to be able to handle interruptions, you know, the kind of smaller challenges as we grow up in him. And now, now this, this is how we all start in our relationship with God. Where we go to him and we go to people, we should always go to him, but we go to people with everything. And that is fine and expected. It's supposed to be that way. A child is supposed to ask for help for everything. They're supposed to come to us when they're little. But it should change as they grow, as they've been raised. You know, like God help me if my 21-year-old son, you know, texts me today and says, I skinned my knee. Could you come and put a band-aid? I'd be like, dude, bro, like, well, come on, like, handle it. You know, I, they should grow up in the Lord and we should grow up in the Lord. Uh, you know, sometimes with my kids now, uh, Josiah, who's 21, and Faith, who's 18, sometimes we don't find out about things that's been going for like a week. And then we'll find out that they went through some kind of challenge and they kind of like, they brought it to Jesus and now it's resolved. And we're like, wow, they're growing up in the Lord. This is good. This is good. So today, next week, we're going to dive into this passage of Proverbs chapter three. And, um, and we're going to talk about some some wisdom today, six kind of wisdom drops, and I'm going to read them real quick, and then we're going to go over them. Remember what I said, hold on to what matters, keep the main thing, stay low, give him the best of everything, and take the heat. That's the six wisdom drops we're going to kind of go through real quickly today. But I want to start with this, which is a, a sentence that's going to kind of a statement to allow to lay the foundation for the next two weeks. There is a connection between wisdom and spiritual maturity that requires us to embrace essential heart commitments and intentionality, and sorry, intentionally avoid the traps that contradicts God's character and endanger our fullness in him. Now, I know that's a, that's a big statement. There is a connection between wisdom and spiritual maturity that requires us to embrace heart commitments and avoid traps that contradict God's character and endanger our fullness in him. See, there are many famous sayings as a parent, right? You, if you're a parent or, or if you've been around kids at all, you've heard this. And it's like, brush your teeth, wash your hands, eat your dinner, do your homework, you know, go to bed. And then there's this one. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget your lunch. Heading off to school. Don't forget your money. Don't forget your phone. I need to be, get a hold of you. Don't forget to text grandma. <laughs> Don't forget to put gas in your car. Never let it go be, below half. You know, don't forget to set your alarm. Set two alarms or three. <laughs> don't forget your keys. Don't forget. It's got to be the one of the most repetitive words that comes out of parents' life or even just is us in general. Why? I don't know. Maybe because we forget a lot. I'm not sure. Is, is that why? Or maybe it's because we care a lot. You know, I, almost every week, I want, I want to remind our staff of staff meeting. Okay. This is crazy. They are full-grown adults. They are so capable. But I don't want them to forget and miss and then feel bad about it. 
I don't want them to feel bad about it. So I feel like, oh, I should remind them so that they don't forget and then they miss it. They're like, they feel so, this is ridiculous though. Everyone has calendars and stuff. But I think there's something in us. One, we forget, we're forgetful people. And two, we care a lot about other people. So we want them to be successful. So we say, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. It's not nagging. It's just like, for me, it's caring. This is how Proverbs chapter three begins. He says, my son, don't forget. Don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Remember what I said. He said, I've, I've taught you some things if you've been around me, my son. And now as you continue to grow, don't forget. It wasn't nothing. These lessons will actually help you if you treasure them and keep them in your heart, if you store them up. Verse two, for length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, they will add to you. So let's pause here for a moment because what this is saying is that the teaching of wisdom The commands of the Lord adds days to your life, but not only days to your life, but life to your days. Because it's it's not just more days to get through before we die, but years comprised of days worth living. That's a big deal. So, like, you know, I think all of us at some point, and sometimes many points, go through seasons where we're like, what is the point of all of this? <laughs> like the hours clocked in at work, the cooking, the cleaning, the dropping off, the sports, this, the, that, the work stress, you know, like the, the, all, all the situations we have to deal with and people and like, what, what is the point? What is the worth of it all? And we struggle with these big questions often when we're not fully leaning into the wisdom available to us and following the instruction of the Lord. Because wisdom adds worth to our days. It makes our days feel valuable, even in the mundane. And in that value, we find peace inside and outside. So when we embrace the wisdom of God, We handle life better, is what it's saying. We handle challenges with our children easier. We deal with work less stressful. Our load is lighter. We weren't meant to carry heavy loads, actually. The the word says that that my yoke is easy, Jesus is saying, and my burden is, is light. So if you're walking around and you're feeling a hard yoke and a heavy burden, you're you may be carrying the weight of the world, not the weight of heaven actually, and and you've loaded up basically on the wrong side of the universe, and you need to exchange that load. But this is not a treat meal, here today, gone tomorrow. If you have embraced wisdom, this will be your new way of life as you're maturing him. So remember what I said. Now the second one, hold on to what matters. Hold on to what matters. Verse three, let, do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. (laughs) Bind them securely around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. 
See, my mercy for someone else does just as much in me and for me than it does for the one receiving it from me. So when I've been wronged and I offer mercy rather than punishment or retaliation or justice, which maybe do, I actually position myself lower than my accuser, which places the posture of my heart towards them rather than against them. This is kindness. This is the kindness of the Lord. This is the kindness to his fullness. This is what Jesus did, placing himself lower than his accusers. And then truth is our compass. Without absolute truth, we will become like and believe like the latest popular opinion. Always. As society changes what's acceptable, we will change what's acceptable. This will work in certain cases, but not when that adjustment we make goes contrary to the word of God. Then it doesn't work. That is the deal breaker. That will make things in the end worse than it is now in our lives. It may look good in the moment, but if it doesn't align with the word of absolute truth in time, it will cause pain in our lives. It sets a foundation of a life of chaos and uncertainty. Why? Because it challenges the thoughts we have about who we are because it feels like we're constantly changing who we are because today we believe something and tomorrow we believe something else. And then, you know, a month from now we're on another page with someone else because our different friend group or our different people that we're working with now believe something else and that sounds good too. So we're just constantly flip-flopping, which is chaotic and uncertain in our life, which causes anxiety. Truth from the word of God must never leave us. It grounds us. It, it places a healthy foundation and it allows us to build our lives upon it with lasting materials that will not blow away by a crowd pleaser or a, or a new thought or trend. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 25 says, when the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. Mercy, kindness, truth, it has to define us. But how? how? Like, how can we have such big attributes that become such a part of us that it actually defines us? It says, bind them around our neck. Write them on the tablet of our heart. You know, you know when people used to tie a ribbon around their finger? <laughs> It's like, do people still do that? I don't know, it's weird. Did people actually ever do that? Or was that just a storybook thing? I don't know. Tie a ribbon around you. It was to serve as a reminder. Well, this ribbon will remind me of something. It's kind of like what I picture. Bind them around my neck as a remind them. Write them on the tablet of our heart as an inner guide to decide when things get cluttered or unclear. I have written the instruction of the Lord. I have written these things on the inside of my heart so that I, I know what to go when I don't know what, where to go. I can always go back to it. It stables us in the storms. So we're not thrown. We're not tossed. We are not, we're not calling on the intercessors for a paper cut. The wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. 
verse 4 says, So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And the message version says, Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of people. Does it matter what people think about you? No. It doesn't matter what people think about you, but it does matter what they know about you. So live in such a way that people know the truth about you. Earn a good reputation. People are impressed as we live our lives deeply for the Lord. Now, the point is not to impress them, but a good reputation doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt our impact. It doesn't hurt our influence. A good reputation, and the Lord is pleased with that in our lives. Next one. Keep the main thing. Well, what is the main thing? Jesus. It's always Jesus. Verse 5. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles to block your way. I wonder if you can't get here in verse 5 and 6 until you go to verse 3 first, which is mercy, kindness, and truth. I wonder if we have to have mercy, kindness, truth, before we can get to the place where we can trust in God completely where we can acknowledge him fully and see our path straight. See, we either believe this or we don't. We either do or we don't. And if we do, why wouldn't we live it? It would be crazy for a person to believe that the stove is hot if you touch it when it's on, but then continually live as if they don't believe it. They just touch it. Ouch, 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 ouch. Ouch, ouch. This is like a SpongeBob episode where it just keeps going and going and going and it's annoying at first, but eventually gets funny. No? Okay. It would be crazy to live that way. So we either believe it or we don't. So do we? See, if you come to me with a problem, and this is my response trust in the Lord, be confident in Him. Don't think for yourself. Know him. Recognize him. Put him first. Acknowledge his, worth, his work in your life. He's working things together for you. you know. He's going to direct you. Don't worry about it. He's going to make your path straight. He, he's, he, it's going to be good. It's going to be clear. He has good plans for you. And then you walk away. That's my advice to you. And you're like, oh, thanks for the path answer. That was you know, easy response. Nothing like just quoting scripture. you would have a lot of growing up to do in the Lord. Because I'm telling you what, that is going to be my answer every time. Jesus, the word. Why? Because I actually believe it. I, I don't have anything else, <laughs> guys. I don't have anything else. <laughs> There's nothing better inside of me <laughs> to offer. It's this. It's only this. The Bible works. Jesus works. The formulas in Scripture, they work. It's not something that, that you, you get to, I just say it so you go away. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's like I, 
actually believe this is live action truth and it will always produce the fruit that it sets forth to do always it's not trial and error it will work it will my answer will always be Jesus well that's too simple well I'm sorry you wanted it harder like that this is it You, you don't and if you don't like my answer then Take it to Jesus. Again, it's my other my answer. Like it's it's all I have. And, and it's it's this is just the way it is because there's no other way. I don't have a backup plan to the answers I find in scripture. I it's my only plan. I'm like I said, I'm not good enough to come up with anything better. Which nicely brings us to verse seven. And the next point is to stay low. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in our own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Why? Well, it will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, and all your inner parts. And it will be refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. Reverent awe and obedience. This is our worship. Obedience to his instruction, his ways, his ways. Health to your nerves. That's interesting. Health to your nerves. See, there's so much anxiety in our world, and it is real. We battle anxiety on every corner. We are worried. We have panic attacks. We need to stop doing things in our own way, in our own eyes. We need to stop being wise in our own eyes. Guys, you don't want my fleshly advice. I'm telling you, you don't. I don't want yours either. And I actually also don't want to give you the thoughts in my head. <laughs> because my wisdom and God's wisdom not, are always the same. Because I need to see my life through his eyes. And when I do, and when I fear him, and when I worship him, and when I obey all the instructions of this word, and when I turn entirely from evil, like all of it, like everything, what I say, what I do, what I listen to, what I watch, what I talk about, I will then have health in my body and in my mind. It says it right here. So then my advice to you at that point, if I've done this, will be washed with the word. My mind will be centered on him and immersed in him. This will offer you the godly wisdom and advice needed for me and for you. And it's actually what you're looking for anyway. So I don't need to stress about my life and my situations. And you don't need to panic about your life and your situations. We... (laughs) I'm actually wondering if the answer to anxiety is just to do what's in here. Every answer to life's problems is found in this book. To believe what it says and to live how it says I should live is too easy to try it. Why don't we try it? Not for a minute and then go back to the old way, but forever. Let's try it forever. Let's decide to try the Bible forever. 
What do we have to lose? We're not finding anything else that works. <laughs> but we can't just pick and choose the good parts we like. We have to do it all. Well, that's unrealistic, Renee. I can't do that. No one can do that. You can't do that. Challenge accepted. <laughs> At what point will we realize, maybe we already do right now, maybe we're like, yeah, that we don't know everything. <laughs> and this does. It says it will bring health to our muscles, refreshment to our bones. See, this is, this is like the agility and flexibility in life. So the obstacles aren't going to wipe me out anymore because I have agility. And the strain of the twists and turns aren't painful anymore because I'm flexible. The message says, don't assume you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Just picture that. Run to God, run from evil. If it's evil, which is anything that's not good, godly, or wholesome, we shouldn't be pressing in around it. We shouldn't be just careful not to touch it, but checking it out, but not acting on it. We don't play with fire. We would never say to like a five-year-old child, you can play around the fire pit, just don't touch it. We would never say that. That would be crazy. We wouldn't even let them go near it. It's the same. We should spot evil way over there at all levels, from the smallest to the grandest, and be like, oh, heck no, I'm not going near that. That's not going to help my life. That's not going to help my anxiety. That's not going to help my, my chaos, my pain, my situation. That's just dumb. We need to take it serious. We need to take the evil that, that's out there from the smallest to the biggest and take it serious and run from it. We've got no problem running from sick people. <laughs> Yet we play our odds when it comes to right and wrong. Run to God. Run from evil. And when we do, we get to experience full health. This is all the inner and all the outer. Living a holy life doesn't just affect the inside. Actually, I guess it affects the body as well. Our body, soul, and spirit are so interconnected that when one part is compromised, all parts suffer. So all parts will begin to weaken and get sick. So don't be wise in your own eyes. Let's not think that we know it's okay. Let's just know what we know is okay and trust the words of God. Give him the best of everything. That's the next one. Verse 9. Give him the best of everything. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops, which is your income. Then your barns will be abundantly filled, and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. This is a really good one, guys. This is a really good one. All we have to do is give God our wealth, money, assets, talents. Give, just give him the first fruits of all those things. Just the first. So that's like the best and the first thing we do. Okay? So it's like before your Friday night dinner or your Disney trip. It's before the new shoes or the grocery shopping. It's before the power bill. It's before the kids' tuition. Okay? It's before. It's first. Okay? Then, bam! Our barns are filled. Barns, not houses. Houses would speak of, like, um, just enough for the daily. Barns is where we store the extra. 
your barns will be, and it also says we'll have too much wine. Nothing wrong with that. And new wine. I love new things. See, there's a natural barns filled provision and a spiritual new wine represents the filling of the Lord in your life. Blessing when we give our first fruits. A natural and a spiritual when we give the best and first parts of our whole world, our whole lives. That's Give them the best of everything. And then the last one, take the heat. Take the heat. When we truly know how someone feels about us, it changes the way we receive them, right? So if I know that you would never hurt me, like I have that trust built with you, that you love me and you actually want to see me succeed, then then I'm going to receive what you say to me. I will take your advice. I will take your correction. I will take a challenge, even if it, like, hurts. (laughs) Why? Because I know that you're not out to get me. There's no ill feelings here. There's no competition. There's no hidden motivation. Verse 11 says, My son, do not reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. Learn from your mistakes and the testing that comes from his correction through discipline nor despise his rebuke. Verse 12, for those whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. See, I love how identity and relationship is established first. My son, before saying some of these heavier words, this is who you are and this is who you mean, this is what you mean to me. First, I want to establish that. Now I'm saying don't reject the discipline coming. Don't take it lightly. In fact, long for it. Embrace it. Say, I want more of it. You know why? Because I know that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So the more I'm disciplined, I feel the love. <laughs> I'm feeling the love. Why? Because it's making me better. He's not just leaving me the way I am. He, he sees more in me. He sees my potential. He's calling me higher. And then I have a choice to respond to his love rather than react in defense. Now, if you, if you can't do this, if you're like, I, that's a lot. Just ask the Lord for a baptism of his love. Just ask him to be fully immersed so much in his love that you can embrace his correction. Because he'll do that for you. He wants to. Not being able to take the Lord's discipline is a result of us not fully knowing his love. Which isn't a slam against you. It's an invitation for you. He delights in you. He wants you to be the best you, to have the best life. And the Bible says, lack no good thing. You cannot attain this outside of his correction and discipline. We can't. We can't attain it. This is how we learn and grow. This is how we mature. This is how we deepen. This is how we don't look back and think, gosh, I'm the same person, the same attitude with the same struggles that I had 5, 10, 15 years ago. That's weird. (laughs) This is how we don't be like that. Why am I still freaking out when I skin my knee? (laughs) Why am I still making a big deal about that person who didn't say hi to me? Am I ever going to grow up? 
Sometimes correction can even come from people that God has put in your life, even people you don't like. We need to be okay with that. That's hard. Even if they say it wrong, they do it poorly, they're too blunt, maybe they're too passive-aggressive, they're too forceful, you know. But as we mature in the Lord, we will be able to receive anything from anyone. You know, guys, we can really do to lose the critical spirit we let run freely in the church because it runs freely in us first. It's not a church problem. It's a you and me problem. People as individuals are the problem, not people as the church. We will flourish when we invite the correction, the discipline of the Lord into our lives. How amazing would it be if we were known for our deep maturity in the Lord? I would love that. This book is my life. It's your life. We need to get all we can. And let it wash over us. I'm going to have Ryan and whoever, Johan, come this time as I close out. But this book is life, guys. We need to get everything we can and apply it. We need it to wash over the broken pieces, the cracked places, until every space is filled. Every hurt is healed. Every thought is formed and founded upon the wisdom of God. I know that seems like a really big thing to attain. But I also know that God empowers us as we decide to live for him. He doesn't just leave us to work it out on our own. But he gives us the empowerment to live for him in the ways that he says to go. So we can do it. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But in him, we can do all things. He wouldn't ask us to do something that we couldn't actually do. That would be crazy. Why don't we stand? Next week, we're going to get into the second part of Proverbs chapter 3. Pass me my phone. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. And I just invite you, we just invite you, just go ahead and invite him into your thoughts and your mind right now. that if your thoughts are running wild right now, we just call every thought that's running wild into alignment with what Holy Spirit wants to do. Father, with what you want to do in our lives right now. I feel like there's a few things that's going to happen in this moment. One, I feel like there's going to be an impartation of wisdom like a divine um, 
impartation, which is just you don't have it and then you have it. And I feel like there's going to be supernatural answers to questions and dilemmas that you've had. And you've tried things and they haven't worked. And you've been at a loss and the answer is just going to drop from heaven. It's, it's like an, I've been praying this this week and um, I felt the Lord say that he's already released an angel on assignment to bring you some answers. And so the angel's always been, already been on the way. Now, this isn't the way to get wisdom, okay? Wisdom is found from, from this word, but this is a gift this morning. I feel like the Lord is saying it's a gift where it's going to drop, okay? So just lock in with him. I have a couple specific things that I'm feeling, a couple specific things prophetic words for it's going to hit some individuals Holy Spirit we invite you speak speak to us speak to us I thank you that you send angels on assignment the angels in the word says that they are ministering servants to the heirs of salvation and we are the heirs of salvation so they come and they minister to us and they release words and there's story after story in the bible where angels were sent as messengers so i thank you for the words that are coming right now for the dilemmas and the struggles that we've been having and we've been at a loss a little bit not sure which way to go and sometimes it seems like 50 50 in in, any direction we're just like not sure and we've been waffling back and forth so i pray for just impartation right now of that godly wisdom and that word in season I feel like there's someone here and there is a wall in front of you and this wall is blocking you cannot see past it you cannot see through it it's solid it's all that's in your sight right now But there's a word coming in this moment that's going to demolish the wall. And that, when it happens, it's going to make, it's going to be like an eyes wide open and a jaw drop moment. When you have that, the the thoughts and that, that, that direction when it comes and when you, you actually walk it out. As the Lord is telling you what to do, the wall is going to crumble. So if that's you and you feel like there's a wall, just invite him. Say, I just speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. And just let him speak to you. If you have to, pull out your phone and write down what he's saying. And what him speaking to you is just going to sound like um, like thoughts in your head. It may not be an audible voice. It's rarely an audible voice. That would be something. It's gonna, it may even seem like a passing thought, but do not discount it. 
because you've invited him to speak. So now we, we expect him to speak. The second word I have for someone in this room is that there is an estranged and strained or broken situation in your life. And there is literally nothing. And I, I, I feel like it's having to do with a relationship. There is nothing there that you can see. But God is saying, where you see nothing, I've actually put a seed. You can't see it because it's in its first stage. But the roots are actually growing down and beginning to find grip. This would be a situation where you would feel that really hard to believe. A shoot, this is the word of the Lord, will soon appear the soil it'd be it'll be small but it'll be there when you see it nurture it but don't overwater it and don't scorch it with too much sunlight just watch over it speak life to it pray for it Use wisdom. Slow. Steadfast. Remaining in Him. And that shoot will grow and it will strengthen. So be encouraged. The Lord is saying, I am at work, even though you can't see it. So if that's you, just begin to pray over that, that root system right now that you believe by faith is taking place in this relationship. The, the, the strength and the nourishment that's happening in the, the beginning stages of it. Begin to pray for that shoot to come up and be seen and ask him for wisdom in what to do as you see it. What to say, what not to say. How to move, how not to move. I actually have um, three prophetic words for people. First one, um, it's for you, Oscar. I feel like the Lord is saying to you, mighty man of God. And even as I say that, what you feel is like Gideon hiding in the wine press, just trying to get by. But the angel of the Lord, the Lord is speaking to you saying, mighty man of God. And the key to the mighty man of God in your life in this season is that you're a servant. And not a flashy servant that, you know, everybody sees what you do. It's really well hidden behind the scenes. And this is what Jesus said is the key to greatness. Because his disciples were fighting over who was the greatest. Jesus didn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. He just told them how. He said, the greatest of all will be the servant of all. And so I just declare over you, mighty man of God, mighty warrior, 
There is more in you than what you realize. And you're serving, your servant's heart's unlocking that. And you're about to step into some of the greatest days of your life in the Lord. And it's going to work its way out into your personal life. And then I have a, a word for Casey. Casey, I, I felt like the Lord was saying, there's a, there's a wound in your, in your life and he's standing on the edge of your wound. And it's something from a long time ago. And he's standing on the edge of that wound. And he, he's saying, you, you keep getting tripped up by whatever that is. I, I don't know what it is, but you keep getting tripped up time and time again because of this wound. He says, but I'm standing on the edge of the wound. And if you will invite me in, and ask me where I am in the midst of this pain and whatever that is. You will invite me and I will bring healing to it. And the place of your greatest pain is about to become the place of your greatest strength. And he wants to use you in, in, in the way um, that you were hurt. He's going to use you to minister to people who were hurt in the same or similar way. It's going to become your source of greatest strength. And what he's saying is the next time you, you feel tripped up because of that wound, remember he's standing on the edge. It's like I see, like it's like a cut in your life. And I see Jesus standing with his toes on the edge of the cut. And he's just saying, invite me in. Invite me and I'm going to heal it. And it's going to become your place of greatest strength in ministry. And then uh, I have a word for Ryan. I was looking at you in the prayer room this morning and I felt like God said that you're in a hidden season. And it's a preparation season. Now I know for, for, for everyone else here, they, you might be thinking, he's not hidden, he's on the stage, he's, he's, our, he's our worship leader, he's our worship pastor. But hiddenness doesn't look the same for everyone and it's not the same in every season. David was hidden. It's not like he didn't have any responsibility. There's just not a, little, not a lot of people knew about him. But he was hidden and he was caring for sheep and he was worshiping the Lord in the wilderness, writing songs, pursuing the heart of God. And this is, this, I feel this is what the Lord is saying to you. In your hiddenness, in this preparation season, write songs. Pursue his heart. Get to know his heart. Dive further in. Go deeper. Go deeper. Just go deeper and pursue him. I hear him say, waste it all. Just waste it all on me. Because the hidden season and the season of preparation won't last forever. There will come a time when it ends. And then the question at the end of the hidden season and the time of the preparation season when it ends is, are you prepared? for what God has for you now. This season won't last forever. So waste the season on Jesus. Just waste it all on him. I think I have one more word before we um, pray. And this is for Dublin. Dublin, I see you up there, and uh, what I what I saw, don't do this, is you jumping off the balcony, free flow, just, and what I felt the Lord say is that 
he's he's either has or he's about to ask you to do some pretty um, take a pretty big risk on him and really just kind of jump off the cliff with him and that he can be trusted in that jump and that there has been um, like sways of this way and that way and there's been frustration and disappointment where the enemy has kind of gotten your ear a little bit and said is it even worth it what's the point and I felt him say to encourage you with James chapter 4 verse 7 it says so let God work his will in your life yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper there is a really big call in your life and I think you know that there's also going to be a really big pull away from that call on your life and it's not always going to come in loud voices of the enemy sometimes it's going to be sneaky deceptions where it's just going to be what's the point or I'm tired or I'm sad or I don't even know like I'm the only one doing this or or, you know things like that and you, you might be right sometimes like that and those sometimes sometimes the enemy's most craftiest ways of tricking us is by giving us half truths so it's like partially right so it seems real but when anything he says to you doesn't feel like it's like the word of God what God would say to you you just yell no even if you're home and everyone's there just yell it anyway (laughs) it could be in your room and you're just yelling out no it's fine yell a loud no to the devil and he will leave you God wants to take you on a free fall in him he wants you to jump off the cliff with him he is trusted this cliff jump will be the most exhilarating adventure of your life you will never regret saying yes to him fully. You will go on to do things and dreams that's in your heart, the passions that you have for him, the depth that you've experienced in him. There have been times that you have gone so deep in encounters with him where he's literally drawn you into his presence, and that is just the beginning of what he has for you. And he will take that intimacy and he will take that that secret place time that you have spent and he will put you in, 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 in situations where you could only not even imagine because of what you've done in secret. So go for God. He's already going for you with everything. Just give him all. We believe in you. Craig and I, we believe in you. Your church family believes in you. And we are rooting for you. Father, I just pray a blessing over Dublin right now. God, I pray that you would seal your word in her life. That she would pursue you. Her desire would be for you above anything else. That she would be the most fired up. The most 
persistent. That she would have strength in the Lord. A foundation built upon you that would carry her through all the days of her life. As we close today, I want to pray for three things over all of us today. And that's wisdom with your kids and your teenagers. That you would have an impartation, a, a deposit of wisdom to know what to do with your children. Because we need it. We need it. And it doesn't matter if they're the littlest or if they're full-grown adults. We need wisdom. Wisdom in your relationships and friendships and marriages. We need wisdom. Guys, the enemy will do anything to destroy families and relationships and friendships. And we need wisdom. And I also felt him say that he wants to bless you today with wisdom in your business. If you own a business or even in your career choice or what you're pursuing right now, what makes you money that God wants to give you wisdom and to know maybe next steps or how to navigate certain situations or or uh, even if it's your own business, there's like maybe some strategies to unlock that's going to uh, release some provision. So if, if you would like that, um, let's just put our hands out in front of us as I pray over you right now as we close. God, I thank you. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you that we have all things in you. I thank you that your word says that we have the mind of Christ. So we just ask for the fullness of all that you are to be fully alive in all of us. I pray for wisdom right now for every parent and grandparent in this room. I pray for wisdom with our children as they're young and as they're older. God, that you would deposit in us the right move the right words, the right actions in every situation that we would even, even in the really, really hard ones where we're like, I actually don't know what to do right now. We would take a minute, pause and say, Lord, what do I do? And that you would be there and available to just speak that word of life in that season. God, I pray for wisdom in our relationships in our marriages, in our friendships, in our work relationships, in our, in our church family. God, that we would, we would have wisdom, godly wisdom, that would produce strength and health in our relationship. God, and I pray for wisdom in our business dealings, in our business strategies, in our careers as we move forward that we wouldn't step ahead, that we wouldn't lag behind, but we would be in sync with you as we move forward in what you have for us. So God, I pray that you would seal Holy Spirit every, everything that's been done and said and felt and encountered this morning for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Amen.